we spend a lot of time at work, but we have lives outside of it, and it's just as important to dedicate time to it. We need to give our employees the opportunity to set boundaries. And as leaders and executives, we have to be role models for that and demonstrate that I myself have my own boundaries for my family. And if I set them and I role model that behavior, then it gives permission to others in my organization to do the same. This is In Her Element, a podcast from BCG. I'm Corinne Lines. And I'm Andrea Gallego. In each episode, we have meaningful and vulnerable conversations with women leaders in digital, business, and technology. In this episode, we're speaking with Debika Bhattacharya, Chief Product Officer at Verizon Business. Debika has advanced degrees in electrical engineering and physics from MIT and the State University of New York. She's been with Verizon for over 25 years, most of her career. So she's got a lot of insight into what companies can do to recruit and retain talent like her for the long haul. She's vocal about the need to bring more women into the industry and the barriers they face. Things like burnout, having to prove credibility, and the role of sponsors and mentors. We're so grateful that Debika is joining us on this episode. Here's that conversation. Welcome, Debika, and very, very, very big congratulations on your recent promotion to Chief Product Officer. Great. Thank you, Andrea. Very happy to be here. Debika, why don't we start with hearing a little bit about your background and, uh, and your history and, and how you made it to Verizon and your career? So I started at a predecessor company to Verizon called Bell Atlantic in the mid-90s. And I took this job after I got my graduate degree in electrical engineering. So I've worked my way through different levels of seniority at Verizon. I started as a frontline engineer. I did actually leave the company for a few years to work at a couple startups, but I returned to Verizon. And I've had many different roles, primarily in the technology space in Verizon. And over the years, I've been promoted to increasing levels of responsibility. And I am currently, as you mentioned, the chief product officer for Verizon Business. Verizon Business is a $32 billion segment of Verizon Communications, and we provide business services to large enterprises, governments, small and medium businesses, wholesale partners, etc. So it's been a very exciting career, and I feel very lucky to be where I am, and I look forward to helping other women be successful as well. What a trailblazer, man. <laughs> that is some move to the to the top. I know you've been in the role probably for not too long, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about what does that even mean to be chief product officer in at Verizon? Yeah, so when we think about Verizon products and services, most people think about phone lines or cell phones. But Verizon Business provides complex communication services to business clients. So when you think about airlines, you know, air traffic controllers, airports, baggage handlers, all that communication is provided by companies like Verizon. Healthcare, admitting patients, uh, being able to share images, retail locations, point of sale systems, you know, being able to manage inventory, supply chain, all of that requires reliable 
and extremely fast communication services and secure communication services. As the leader of the product organization, my team creates business products that are used by enterprises, governments, small and medium businesses to be able to innovate, to be able to run their businesses successfully as they communicate with their customers electronically and also communicate with their backend partners electronically. Given that so much is driven by connectivity today, at some point, some of us are probably interacting or interfacing with the Verizon business product if we're working at an enterprise. Absolutely. And you know, the funny thing, Andrea, that I often tell, uh, especially new employees who come into our organization is you don't realize the impact till something is not working. You know, if American Airlines um, or any other aviation company, the planes can't take off. Patients cannot get registered at a hospital. You cannot transact in stores. With the government, if you're going through global entry, you know, those systems don't work. So, you know, manufacturing assembly plants come to a halt. So all this fabric, this infrastructure that is kind of behind the scenes that we take for granted when we go about and do our business, all of that is dependent on a very complex communications infrastructure that Verizon and companies like Verizon provide. It must feel a little maybe intimidating at times, but also wonderful to own the product strategy for such an impactful business. I imagine even being in one company, right, for such a long time, I imagine you must have, were there any hurdles? You have been on some trajectory, and I'd love it to see if you have any advice for our, our women and maybe even men in, in the audience, right, as to how'd you get there? Yeah, a lot of people ask me, you know, why I stayed at at the same company for so long? And it's a good question, but the way I look at it is, I've had so many different roles. The company itself from when I joined in the mid nineties has changed significantly. So every year or every two years, I was doing something completely different. For example, I was in Europe for a couple of years dealing with our international customers. I've worked on the operational side. I've worked on the customer-facing sales side. I've helped build our infrastructure. So just having exposure to different aspects of the business and also being in an industry that has changed so much just during my career has led to constant learning and that's kept me interested. I think about like two major transformations that has changed the way we live and work that happened in my career. One was the commercial internet in the late 90s. And then the other one was the smartphone revolution. It's these types of revolutionary changes that makes my career you know, exciting. In addition to that, I will say Verizon has been a very supportive company They've given me opportunities. They've been supportive when I needed it, you know, at a personal level. So all of this combined has given me a reason not to look elsewhere as I continue to learn and grow and and have opportunities to be successful. What a gift to be able to sort of reinvent yourself in the same company with a good support structure. It sounds really amazing. I'm reflecting on hearing, hearing you speak and realizing you are technically very deep, but also a business leader. That's an incredible blend, right? How did you keep that 
your, your foot sort of in both the tech and the business as you rose the ranks? So I was fortunate in that I grew up with a strong tech foundation. So as a child, I grew up in India. There was a strong cultural bias already towards science and engineering. In fact, I was told growing up, you can do anything you want as long as it's you know, science, engineering, or medicine. <laughs> but having said that, I, I, re- <laughs> I really loved physics. And that was not forced on me. I just, I loved physics. You know, I, it helped me understand things around me. Like, why is the sky blue? How can planes take off, right? Why don't people fall off the earth if it's round, right? Just everyday things, it had answers for those. So, and then at MIT and, you know, in my graduate degrees, I built a strong foundation in tech, which meant that I could, I was not afraid of tech, And I was not afraid of the sciences. I was not intimidated by it. So that was a benefit for me because tech changes a lot. And I think a lot of times women feel intimidated. So I didn't have that. The second was, and I learned this early in Verizon, I didn't want to do technology just for the sake of technology. I wanted to actually see and understand how it is used and what are the benefits it's providing, especially in the last, 10 or 15 years, I've stayed very close to our customer base and trying to understand how they use the technologies that Verizon provides. Because technology for the sake of technology is interesting, but it's that's more like a hobby. I wanted to really understand how technology moves things forward. And for that, I needed to understand the business side of it and the customer perspective. I can empathize with that because, you know, I felt like you always have this opportunity and I think it's important for our our audience to hear this as well, right? Unfortunately, we've hit the stereotype where you've had like this developer, this coder, this technologist that's like sitting in one room doing one thing and that's it, right? When the reality is there's just such a big world in applying technology to customers and users and people and communities and that's when you start to get really excited and see the impact with what technology can can do. And I know that's exciting for a lot of women who want to have impact in some way, but are like, wait a minute, how does that connect back to the technology? So I empathize with wanting to keep both feet in, in business and tech as well. Now, you mentioned Verizon being a very supportive organization. That's clearly not everyone, right? I think not all organizations have sort of figured it out yet. What would you recommend to other either for what other women should be looking for in places like Verizon or what other companies should be doing to create such a supportive atmosphere? Yeah, so a couple of things, Andrea, I'll say. And it so happens that at this time, I myself, I'm going through a personal crisis that I'll talk openly about. Many of us have to deal with elder care issues. And my own mother has been in the hospital for 10 days. Now, at Verizon, even as a senior leader, they've given me the space to put all my energies into her well-being. And they've given me the space and time to do that so that I can focus on her without worrying about what's happening back at the shop. That means a lot to all employees, whether you're a senior executive or an entry-level person that and actions speak louder than words that the company is here to support you. And I think it's important. 
for both women and men to talk openly about it because there's a lot of women, women especially because many women take on caregiving roles. They sometimes don't want to talk about the challenges they're facing, whether it's with childcare or with elder care, because they don't want others to consider them like less committed to their careers or less able to spend time. I think that's something that all companies need to allow both men and women to be open about it so they can be supported. One of the things that I've learned is it's not just women, but men who also benefit from it. I had put some policies a few years back that said I wouldn't have conference calls at 7.30 in the morning because people are taking their kids to school or at 6 o'clock or 6.30, that's when you know families are getting together for dinner. I did it for women, but there were many men who responded to it by saying that they themselves benefited from it because they took their kids to school. They helped prepare dinner. These are family issues that at Verizon we have, and I think other companies should be considerate of and be respectful that we have full lives. We spend a lot of time at work, but we have lives outside of it, and it's just as important to dedicate time to it. And one of the things we need to give our employees the opportunity to set boundaries. It might be different for different people, but I can work later at night. But between, let's say, six and eight, I want to spend that time with my family. On weekends, I might put in some time on Saturday morning, but at other times, I don't. And as leaders and executives, we have to be role models for that and demonstrate that I myself have my own boundaries for my family And if I set them and I role model that behavior, then it gives permission to others in my organization to do the same. I want to make sure that everyone hears that, especially, you know, you're very senior, but I I think, as you mentioned, this is middle management, early management, right? Anyone who is a senior engineer who's role modeling for junior engineers or a senior product manager who's role modeling for junior product managers. It is really, really important to not have the sort of hero game, right? Because your teams will really, really feel that. One of the things that I've tried to to always highlight is like, what kind of behaviors do we reward? Now, it is true that sometimes people need to put in extra hours But as you said, if we only reward the hero behaviors instead of trying to find out like what can we do differently so you don't have to work all weekend, I think it's it that promotes creative ways and more efficient ways of working as opposed to just spending more and more time and viewing that being the only path to success. Now, I can imagine you are an incredible mentor. Have you had any any mentors along the way? I've had both informal and formal mentors. When I've been challenging opportunities or obstacles, they've helped me navigate through them. But I think the folks who helped me more were my sponsors. Because as Carla Harris, she says, the three most important things that happen to you when you're not in the room is compensation decisions are made when you're not in the room, promotion decisions are not made when you're not in the room, assignments are given out when you're not in the room. It's been sponsors who spoke up for me and advocated for me when I was not in the room. And 
I think that's helped me in my career because they've seen potential in me where I may not have seen it myself. And they advocated for opportunities that I didn't think I was ready for myself, but helped bring those my way. We always have this conversation, right? Sponsorship versus mentorship. And I guess we can't say it enough that they're both important, but they're both critical to any success. Absolutely. What advice would you have for those women who are super interested in a role like yours, but maybe don't have that technical background? Yeah, what I would say is don't hold yourself back. One of the great things about technology fields, about telecom, is that it changes. There's so much change. The benefit of that is it's a great equalizer. You don't need to have 10, 20, 30 years experience in a narrow field to be successful. So there are multiple paths into into the technology area. There are so many avenues to learn, you know, whether you take an online course, whether you go to community college, whether you learn something on YouTube. And the other thing is, as technologies change, everybody has to learn. And in some cases, we've seen some of our our early in career employees are able to leapfrog because they are learning the new technologies just as everybody else has to. One last thing, Andrea, I'll say is when when people think about tech, they generally think about software engineering or programming. And like, that's the only path, but it's not. I think of tech more broadly. You know, you can be in the aviation industry, you can be in oil and gas, you can be in healthcare, you can be in telecom, you know, you can be in retail, There are so many fields that have a technology component to it. So, you know, we should think about technology much more broadly than just software engineering. So, Debika, you mentioned that at one point that there was this MIT sticker on your car. And I think someone asked your husband about his experience there when in in reality, I believe it's you that went to MIT. How can you sort of give a little color to that? So my husband and I, we've been doing this social experiment for for 30 years now. And I have an MIT sticker on my car, not his car, my car. And over the last 30 years, I can't tell you how many people, both men and women, have come up to him and said, oh, I didn't know you went to MIT. That's fantastic you went to MIT. And he always says, I didn't. And people look confused for a little while. And then he says, my wife did. It's her car. (laughs) And they say, oh, yeah, of course. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's the presumption that he went to MIT. And I think it's, it's just, you know, the implicit, you know, and the unconscious biases that we live with. But it's, uh, it's just a social experiment we've been having fun with over the years. So, Devika, it's been amazing having you. When have you recently felt in your element? So this was actually fairly recent, maybe just two weeks back. As you mentioned, Andrea, I started a a new position, you know, less than a month ago. As with most people, when you start something new, you know, there's a certain degree of anxiety nervousness about the role. It's not an easy role. It's something that 
you know, I'm going to have to stretch my muscles in different ways. But we had a leadership conference with uh, some of Verizon's best and brightest. And when I was first introduced as the chief product officer, there was an ovation, like this applause that went across the room. And at that moment, I felt that I had the confidence of this entire room. And that made me feel that I had arrived. My colleagues knew it. I knew it. There was so much confidence in the room in this role that I was going to do that I felt that I was in my element, that whatever doubts I had, whatever anxiety I had, all of those are natural. I think we need to face our fears, but I knew that I was, I had arrived and I was, I was the right person for this role and I'm ready to win for my colleagues, win for my teammates, win for Verizon, win for our customers. I love that. It gave me the chills. <laughs> I love that. You have indeed, you have arrived. That's amazing. That was our conversation with Debika Bhattacharya. So Andrea, what are some of your key takeaways from this conversation? So first of all, over 25 years and fulfilled is, I mean, Verizon is doing something right. <laughs> She's clearly a unicorn, right? She's super technical. She's got an MIT degree. She's got a SUNY degree, right? She is a great leader. She's business-minded. And so when she mentioned, I belong to this company that has supported me the whole way and has made me feel valuable and has promoted me and, and has given me the space to take care of my family and there is something to be learned from what this company is doing. Yeah, it's powerful. I mean, I think the example that she cited about um, elder care and sort of her mom and needing support and that they've been like 110% there behind her and supporting her and in those needs and guiding her. It's nice to hear. Like, I don't think every company can boast that. And it's so nice to see that Verizon is fulfilling that need, which everyone will need at some point in their career. They're going to need that kind of support from their, from their employers. I enjoyed the piece too that she mentioned about it's not only when you support women or when you support families that are dealing with elder care, you're supporting everyone. You know, you're supporting the unit, the mom, the dad, the children. You're not just supporting men or women or the elder, right? Like it is everyone that you're lifting up and helping. And that really that really meant a lot to me. I, I that's gonna stay with me for a while. Well, that's all for today. This has been In Her Element, a podcast from BCG. Join us every episode to hear meaningful conversations with women leaders in digital business and technology. Thank you so very much for listening. Mm -hmm.